Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast. There are times we do have to challenge the players to say what we've just done, how has that influenced our performance? So a lot of times I'd be questioning them rather than actually giving. Rugby Coach Weekly presents The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root, cut out the fluff and challenge the masters of their domain to cut to the chase. Welcome to The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root of the matter. In this episode, we speak to Andy Key, founder of Fit for Performance and a senior RFU coach. Focusing on improving performance, we're going to cut to the root on how you can develop mindset skills. Andy, are you ready for the knife? Yes, I am. Thank you, Dan. What is meant by mindset skills? Good one, because I think it can be have a lot of meanings for different people, really, depending on maybe what state you're in where you are what do you mean by what state you're in we talk about positive negative what's around how, how do you, whether you're in that i mean sometimes people are wake up in the morning they're feeling positive and uh, they read the first twitter feed news and then they're negative so is it a is it a state which changes all the time i think it does yes it does i mean we're all vulnerable to what we call pressure which actually perhaps influences whether we're in a positive or negative uh, mindset but when i am coaching it it's about using our mindset and understanding where it fits in the, the, the overall performance equation, the sports performance equation, because it's important to understand that it's not just about technical, tactical and physical. But actually, what influences really our decision to perform at the levels we want to is, is our mindset. And we, I mean, we talk about people talk about mindset a lot. And I think we're trying to understand what that means in terms of a skill, because how can you make your mind into a skill? Because I can see whether I'm passing better, but I can't see if my mind, my mindset is more skillful. No, correct. Well, we, we can actually, I think, I think you can, I think you can see definite change in people about how they apply themselves. And of course, one of the things is that you have to do, like you just said, Dan, dead right. It's a skill. We have to uh, learn it. We have to acquire it. We have to practice it. We have to put ourselves in positions where we almost become vulnerable putting ourselves under pressure is is a positive rather than a negative failing is a positive rather than negative it's it's dependent on whether we learn from it and we're able to understand what we then as a result of that how we use a, a strong mindset um to, to to have the the appropriate outcome in performance does everyone have a strong mindset all the time no i don't think we do no i think we're all we're all vulnerable that's just the point i think depending on the environment and the circumstance we become more vulnerable i think the the dealing with pressure and how we do it is about like we just said earlier on it's about practicing just like you do you talked about passing or kicking in in rugby terms understanding what it is that's happening to you and how it's controlling perhaps your emotions or your decisions is part of learning the skill so that you use pressure to to your advantage rather than actually seeing it as a negative now it can come across as very woolly so can we have some definites that we can start with where we can actually have some solid ground to work from? Yeah, I think it's 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 more about actually seeing to start with. One of the biggest single elements of mindset skills is self-awareness. 
uh, understanding what it is that actually impacts and influences your decisions. Are you somebody that can control and make good decisions without almost thinking about it? Those sort of people generally have either been involved in an environment, practiced it, understand what's happening. A lot of people used to say when you watched some outstanding sports people, they always seem to have time on their hands. They always seem as if nothing's interfering with what they need to do. They're generally guys that have got very strong or lasses, very strong mindsets that, or a mindset skill uh, portfolio that under they understand what it is they need to do. Okay, so I'm just about, let's go back to that portfolio because that uh, that's fascinating. You probably regret saying that now. What do you mean by portfolio in this case? Well, it's, it's a sequence of of things that you've been exposed to. So that either the so, pack- can you give me an example of a sequence of things you've exposed to? Well, training, coaching, you you put people in uh, vulnerable positions in order to challenge them in a safe environment. So when it really oh, sorry, matters- vulnerable in a safe environment, I just need to try and get that. So a coach is let, let's take a, a given example, say, of a coach in a situation where he puts a player in a vulnerable situation in a safe environment. So if we're talking about uh, rugby, for instance, and we're going through patterns or we're looking at a, a play, a first base play, it's about understanding what's happening in front and why we're actually playing it what your outcomes are. But of course, the execution is the most important in the end, rather than actually our understanding of what we need to do. But can you do the two things when you're actually short of time in the sense of a defense coming at you? So can you think the way that you take a ball very quickly without almost looking and appreciating where it is that you need to pass the ball, where you need the, 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 sorry, your support runner may be running? Can you make that decision whilst actually just looking at the attack and knowing what's happening in front of you? So, so where's the where's the vulnerability in that then? Vulnerability is if we don't practice it, right. then what you do is, is you don't pass the ball or the skill of actually executing it under that pressure becomes questionable. Because so we, let us sorry, let's go back. So we've got the sequence then. We're trying to do a pattern or a play, and it could have come across any sport. And the very first part of it would be say the ball moves from one player to another. If that player can't control it or catch it, they can't then execute it. How are we going to help them using mindset skills to become uh, improve their performance? So the first thing that the actual mindset skill helps us in our development as an athlete is to recognize that firstly, if we actually can't execute the, the actual technical bit, even as a skill, then we know we need to practice it. The thing is, is that with the sports performance equation, which is normally made up of your technical, tactical, your physical and your mental, the danger is we spend all the time on the technical, but we spend little time on the mindset. But they're a combination of everything. We have to give them all the same credence. So when we start talking about practicing, we're actually practicing our ability to make good decisions based on what's happening in front of us, as well as actually executing it. So this player here, he's having an absolute horror catching or controlling the ball and therefore are you telling him he needs to practice more is he realizing it how are we getting to that next stage in a lot of ways you can like in some cases quickly you can give them a bit of a a response of what they probably need to do I try to in a lot of cases if not most cases try to ask the player to understand what it is that they need to do rather than me giving them the answer straight away they need to be able to articulate what happened at that moment in time. So in order to improve that performance, what is it you need to focus on? Now, 
That's the mindset that you're playing with at that moment in time, getting them to think about what it is that they're doing and what influences the outcome ultimately, which is the performance that you're, you're trying to put into place. So in this case, the execution of their ability to take and give a pass under pressure, knowing that why you're putting the pass in is to create, obviously, with a runner space, they need to not just practice it, but they need to understand what the skill breakdown is. And that skill breakdown comes from the mental side of things in order to understand what it is we need to do physically. Now, we've got this player. They've realized I need to improve this area. What happens next over and above you actually doing some other catch and pass exercises? How are you helping them from a mindset point of view to develop? Well, we, we, we now that the whole element of really is challenging them around the mindset is to get them to recognize how good they are at executing it. So by practicing it and doing it in areas in the training, we have a, a, a saying I've had for years and years, we need to train the way we want to play. Mm-hmm. And sometimes actually we need to train above how we're going to play, whether that's actually putting us under unnecessary pressure, whether we're doing things at a tempo and intensity that torn tensor may not happen in the game but if they are particular things that we're capable of doing then in a game we're capable of actually executing it and putting the opposition under pressure because that's so we've got this player we've got this player dropping the ball a lot or not being able to execute the skills so you're what well, the first thing you do you've got to try and help them understand how good good they are at what they're doing now uh when you that we're in a very obviously static example here. The, the players yeah. drop the ball and the, you're trying to change that. But a player may arrive at training in the wrong mindset because of all the other things which are happening in their lives when they arrive. From a coach's point of view, where are you stepping in from a mindset point of view to help them reach that point where at least they're in a neutral position, if not positive? I mean, very quickly, early on in little practices, we talk about actually um, warming up the body, but sometimes we don't warm up the mind. So the the essence really early on is trying to do things where we do it maybe at one stage at a time, but you get better and quicker and quicker actually going from one stage to the next. The important thing to execute anything is to actually have your attention on what it is you need to do. Right. Um, so uh, people are listening in and saying, I'd love the idea of warming up the mind. They can know how to warm up the body. There's various different ways of that. How would you warm up the mind? A lot of things where you may be doing quick reactive stuff, still putting people under pressure. So we would do little uh, handling drills, for instance, where we're getting guys to talk through the process. I always talk about commentating the game. So when we're doing little practices, we get them to actually talk about why they're doing it, what they're doing. Because now, is that, does that suit all players? Because I'm sensing that some players are very confident. They are uh, they're verbally very strong. Some players aren't. Uh, I mean, I've got plenty of players in the Bears under 16s who are lovely, but they are as quiet as mice uh, in their normal lives. Others will talk too much. How do we? How do we help those ones who aren't necessarily so good at talking? Yeah. Well, look. To talk, we want everybody to talk. We want everybody to communicate. But then there's there's this sort of theory, isn't there? If everybody's talking at the same time, how can you listen type stuff? Mm. So sometimes in a game, it is true that we only want probably two or three players that are talking. What we need, though, because that's what communication is, communication is about talking, speaking, and listening, and then maybe doing the opposite. So sometimes I don't need 
uh, if I was the one that was talking a lot on the field, I want the guy, though, that's around me, probably just to make a gestation by putting his hand up, that knows exactly that what I've just said, he's understood and knows what he's doing. Because if he's done that, one I know from a mindset point of view, he's focused, he's concentrating, and he's got it is what he, he needs to do in his job. So sometimes it's not always about verbal communication. We can have body communication in that sense of what we're doing. We've warmed up the minds and uh, sometimes when it's cracked, everyone's switched on and uh, they're, cu- they're coming out of that. Now, we're talking about a team as a group. How much of you, how much of this is where you are talking to the whole group or developing whole group or how much are you dipping into each player as you're going along? <clears throat> I think when you're a coach and you're, you're involved in a team, it is really difficult if you're the, the coach that's actually driving that particular session to pinpoint individuals. That doesn't mean that we may not use somebody as an example, but generally what would happen is, is that we would have then, like my background where we'd have three or four coaches on the field, one would be driving the main program. Somebody, this is a bit of a luxury, by the way, sometimes, you've got to be maybe in the elite environment. I know junior sport, you don't always have this luxury. But then you'd have a coach, which I would be doing, which would be focusing on a number of players to see how they're reacting. Now, we might not address it there and then, but we would do perhaps afterwards. We'd go and talk. We'd we'd refer back to an example. A lot of things these days now, training sessions are being videoed, which is never a, a bad thing to do. Because what we want to do is we want to correct. We want to actually practice. We want to put into place all the things that they're going to get exposed to in a game in training. So when it happens in a game, it doesn't become something that they've never never tried before, they've never been involved in. And what we're trying to give them is the old golf analogy. We're trying to fill their golf bag with of clubs so that they can choose the right thing to do at the right time. I'm thinking here that if you've got certain players who are very strong, you can empower them to to do this as well. I mean, not uh, I mean, it is a luxury having lots of coaches. Sometimes that can be a hindrance. How much are you how much awareness are you trying to give the players of what you're trying to do? Everything at the end of the day is about coaches becoming more facilitators. You've probably seen the spectrum where you talk about teaching along the way to facilitating and coaching moves up and down that particular line. For me, what the, the whole role is, is that we are imparting knowledge, we are facilitating, we're demonstrating, we're showing them, we're giving them the right environment to practice these skills. Ultimately, what you're doing is, is they have to take control. They need to run. Environments that I've been in which have worked at the highest level is all we do is set the sessions up, give them the scenarios, and in a sense, the players now run with it and they take responsibility. That's where you're aiming to get to. Certain environments, certainly in the elite, you would expect to be doing that on a regular basis. But I see nothing wrong. I coach at a at level four rugby-wise at the moment now, and I challenge them with that all the time. It's about them taking responsibility And by taking responsibility, of course, that's challenging more their ability to make good decisions at the right time. What sort of language are you trying to avoid uh, when you're trying to set up this mindset? Because some players will be looking at you and saying, right, I've come here for rugby. Don't give me uh, stuff about uh, how I'm feeling vulnerability. That that doesn't make me feel comfortable at all. how, How are we trying to create the right atmosphere without using the wrong language? I, I think sometimes that's the, the hardest thing sometimes as a coach to, to do because you're, you're balancing between giving and imparting knowledge without going into great lengths of sentences to give it. You've got to be short and sharp. 
which is why you start to create almost like a, a calling structure, a behavioral structure that you can refer to. Sometimes that's done more before you get on the field in a classroom type environment. But when we get onto the field, we've got to start using a certain language that they understand what it is they should be doing. However, there are times we do have to challenge the players to say what we've just done, how has that influenced our performance? So a lot of times I'd be questioning them rather than actually giving. But you've got to get the balance because I know at different times, time's against you. So you've got to, you, you, that's also for a coach. That's the challenge of a coach to try and get the mix right. But what you're trying to do is create positivity. But of course, at some stages, you've got to demonstrate and show that what we've just done is not helping our performance. It's doing the opposite. So in your in your last train sessions, I'm asking you to think back maybe uh, last night yeah. or a couple of nights last ago. Night. Yeah. Last, yeah, last night. night. When you were setting up the, uh, the exercises and going through your activities, can you give me some ideas of what you were saying, which were mindset related and not necessarily skill or technical or is it all encompassed in one one way yeah. i mean that, that you, the end bit there dan that you've just spoken about is exactly as it is sometimes we have to look at the things specifically but the whole essence really is is it's interwoven we know that with the whole essence that i'm doing most of the time is challenging them around their understanding and their ability now if if we if we find that the execution of it is not as as it should be, then I ask the question, why is it, guys? You know, what, what is it that's happening at the moment? You give me an indication so that we can see. And nine times out of 10, honestly, they'll turn around and say, guys, it's us. Right. So what have you got to do then to get refocused? Sometimes they'll say, can we just do a quick handling drill? Yeah, let's do a quick handling drill then. Knowing that what we're trying to do is work not just with the players, but getting the players to take responsibility of how they would improve the outcome if they were put in front of that without the coaches being there. That's what you're trying to do. We're there, as I say, as facilitators, rather than actually saying that we are teachers. Now, depending on the level that you're coaching at, we start off at teaching, but at some stage, you've got to make the player responsible for what they're doing. So when last night, uh, uh, as an example, we were looking at how we wanted to run certain lines, the way that we would work in our patterns, uh, and all I did is set up the practice and said, right, guys, let's do it. Let's see what it is. As, as Brian Ashton used to call it, I'd create chaos to start with to see how big a chaos it is and then give them the problem about, right, now work it out then. So what do we need to do? What have we not just done that we know we should be doing? What are you going to do now? How are we going to address it? And that's when the players start to come up with the outcomes. That's challenging their mindset. Can they think through it? Or are they going to do the sort of things which is, oh, crikey, I, I don't know how to do it. I'm just giving up then which is clearly not what I'm looking for, are we? <laughs> so, let, I mean, to be clear uh, that uh, this this is a group which has been through uh, and you've, you've worked with them to get to the stage. It doesn't, it doesn't happen on... Uh, the, the audience has come in and helped us out. The dog has spoken. Okay. Uh, just to be clear for everybody that this is not something that you just snap into. You've built this up over a number of months, maybe uh, over a number of years, and it is something that needs to be practiced. Uh, you need to be clear with what's going on and it needs to be structured and it just doesn't happen. You don't just suddenly say, right, good luck, guys. Uh, that's months, years down the road of working with them. Yes and no. I mean, I run a, a mindset program. I have a framework that takes them through the performance equation, and over an eight-week, 10-week period, I take them through so they understand 
why the mindset is so important and what they can do to influence uh, their focus on whatever sport they're involved in and how they can control the emotions around what might influence that. And that can be that in a lot of youngsters, for instance, it's all about winning. Why should it be about winning? Because we need to lose, because we, we learn through losing and understanding. But we also need to understand that life around the corner is going to be, there's going to be failings. So if it's always about winning and that winning is most important, then we need to understand that we learn through our, our mistakes. Now, when I coach, we coach a winning mentality. That's what we need to do. We don't go onto the field not to win, but what we, we go onto the field to do is understand what influences good performance that allows us to win. And if we, I think, learn those lessons quite quickly, both in life and sport, and sport's a great vehicle to show and illustrate that because we get responses quite quickly, then we can use those skills in life to develop even further. Excellent. And a really good way to wrap things up. So Andy, thanks for that. Andy set up the Leicester Tigers Academy when the game went professional, was director of rugby at Leeds Carnegie and was awarded director of rugby of the year in 2010. He's founder of Fit for Performance. That's FIT, the number four performance, which focuses on delivering a mindset skills framework underpinned by uh, gazings red to blue or gazings gazings, gazings red to blue gazings, yes. gazings red to blue helping youngsters parents teachers coaches and teams to understand the importance of mind skits mind skills importance that mind skills play in the overall sports performance equation you can find out more at fitforperformance.co.uk and you can contact him uh, on his email which is andy at fit for performance.co.uk so we're going to finish with a, a few questions andy how old are you i'm 64 64 uh, and not looking a day under or over what coaching book is by your bedside not a coaching book but a book that's actually referencing the all blacks legacy our legacy I, I think it is people would probably call that a a coaching book too? Yeah, I, think, I think so. I think it's referencing, obviously, an outcome of what happened in the 2007 World Cup. So, yeah. Uh, which coach or teacher are you loving at the moment? Oh, crikey. I think the person that I like because more of the outcomes, and I'd love to spend a bit more time with him, is Evans, the Harlequins coach, who's now been taken into the England system. Oh, yeah, Nick Evans. Yeah, okay. Which uh, team, sport or subject would you be loved to coach at the moment? Well, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd actually like to challenge myself probably I don't know why I'm going to say this but probably because my daughters I'd love to, to coach netball I'd have a go at actually yeah because I think there's some similarity skills but I've always believed in myself yeah it's a great it's a, it's a good good uh, uh, sport to coach and uh, a lot more challenging than you think uh, well I found anyway uh, who's inspired you most oh well, initially, right at the beginning, I, I have to say my dad. My dad played for Leicester back in the uh, late 50s. And we're one of, I don't know, probably about 25, I think, 30 father and sons that have represented Leicester Tigers and got their tie. But I think more recently, more recently, no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Paddy Howard probably was somebody that actually I think made and helped me with Dean in different ways, Dean Richards, the, the transition, the transformation of me as a coach, I think both had unbelievable man management skills, but Paddy in the understanding of the game was unbelievable. And I yeah, learned a huge a lot from him, a huge amount from him. 
Uh, what would you tell your 20-year-old self to do more of? Well, that's that old classic. If I knew then what I know now as a coach, I would say, and again, Paddy Howard helped me massively on this. He started coaching at a very young age. And I would say any, that's what I would do. I'd have started coaching at that younger age. Yeah. Brilliant. Andy, really enjoyed that. Thanks very much for your time. You're welcome, Dan. Thank you. 